Welcome to the GMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. That is me. Thank you for tuning in. Great episode. Had a conversation with Kadu. Kadu is a musician from San Jose. And we had a great talk about the Bossa Nova music. His upcoming... Upcoming? What, what, what am I talking about? It's already released. It's already out there, people. If you haven't already, check out his album, which is called Immigrante. It is available in, uh, in several outlets. I will be posting some of those links on the uh, JMS Podcast Facebook and Twitter. So if you're not following the JMS Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, this is a good incentive to. And uh, also, I have an Instagram for this podcast. You can check out some uh, snippets of Kadu's performance uh, at the end of this episode. He performs a song, a great song, called Guard Down, Open Heart. It's from his new album. And before we get into our conversation, I'm going to uh, play a track straight out of the album. Uh, I really enjoyed this track. It really got me dancing and stuff. It's called PG-13. Not sure why, but I'm enjoying the song, and I'm sure you will too. Now, before we get to the conversation, uh, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to, to the JMS podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Also, you can follow the JMS podcast website if you haven't already check it out jmspodcast.com check out all the content that's available to you and please join the mailing list it's another good way to stay on track about upcoming events upcoming guests and other perks and such also jms podcast could use your help to continue on uh, talking to interesting people in the community please check out the jms podcast gofundme page or the jms podcast patreon page either works I would love to uh, to hear from you if you have any uh, uh, questions, advice, or in general, just want to say, hey, what's up? You can contact me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, another great uh, resource from you sending me those emails is people have really been sending me emails regarding um, local artists and poets and musicians that they want on this podcast. And that's great for me. It makes my job easier because uh, I check them out and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll start, you know, sending them messages to be on the podcast. So, hey, if you know someone out there that you think would be an interesting character or interesting person to have on this podcast, by all means, let me know about them at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Bada beam, bada boom. All right. I think we should go to a conversation with Kadu. Uh, had a great time with him. Uh, this guy is a walking inspiration, in my opinion. So uh, here is PG-13, straight out of his album, Immigrante. And after the song, and then you'll hear our conversation. So electrifying. 
sending energy all through my body And all of a sudden it sparks up my heart Now I'm overwhelmed with emotions But something's telling me to keep it kosher For this will be a wonderful start The melody of a boss and of a tune A gorgeous flower that's about to bloom A lover's first kiss under a full moon Without a cloud in the sky Ela não sabe o que eu sinto por ela Feel like I'm racing against time But she's the perfect combination And gets my racing so impatient And I embrace her smile Though I'm not too sure these feelings are mutual I'm not one to put my feelings aside So I'm gonna stare deep into her eyes and say You remind me of a boss in love too a gorgeous flower that's about to bloom A lover's first kiss under a full moon Without a cloud in the sky Ela não sabe o que eu sinto por ela Ela não sabe o que eu sinto por ela Ela não sabe o que eu sinto por ela Dude, thank you for coming Thanks to, for to the Thanks studio. It's, it's really, you know, honestly, dude. When I first started doing this podcast, and I started letting musicians become a guest on this podcast, I, I literally asked myself, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if one day the one and only Kadu from San Jose uh-huh. would come and be a guest on this podcast? That's funny, man. And before you know it, you're here. You're thank here. You. It's a real thing. I appreciate you because you, you're a real prominent musician right here locally. Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're a bit of a household name in, in certain uh, scenes here in San Jose. Thank you. I mean, if I mean, you even got your pictures on like cafe walls and stuff like that. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's a it's a privilege. <laughs> it's hard work. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just it's I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> but because you're, I guess you're a, a little bit previous generation from mine at, at the Friscotti scene yeah. at least, and that's where we met. We met at Friscotti. Exactly. Shit, man! I remember the first time I, I started learning guitar. I got my my little, I still have it. My, my little acoustic. Yeah, I remember that guitar. Yeah, and you played it, and you played it so. Not only did you just play, did you play some like bossa nova kind of stuff. You played some blues, and I'm like, I need to quit. This is it. Nah. This guy's it. <laughs> I, I, no way. I should give you some inspiration, <laughs> if anything. <right? laughs> um, oh, man. But how you been, times? man? Been good, you know. Just uh, 
just working and trying to get this album out you know so just yeah. stoked about it been good you know it's been a it's been a good year uh, i know a lot of people are into 2016 right uh 2015 was a pretty hard year for myself so i'm just i'm blessed you know just uh grateful to be healthy be alive my family's okay my friends are good you know and uh, it's been good man that's a great that's a great way of looking at things you know just stay humble be like all right got, got the good stuff going on yeah you know um the older i get the more i just i don't know a lot of people just complain a lot you know and uh it doesn't get you anywhere complaining doesn't get you anywhere so uh you know and it sounds cheesy but it's just just look at the small things in life that we take for granted we we don't take the time to appreciate a little bit of sun some green trees whatever you know some beautiful stuff now before we get to your album Immigrante uh, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to give our listeners a bit of context when it comes to the Bossa Nova music genre uh, because at least here in the Bay Area I feel it's still like a small niche uh, kind of music Yeah. Well, I mean besides you I can't really think of anybody who does it locally except when the San Jose Jazz Festival comes around yeah um, there's a I don't know this so I don't I do a mixture of different type styles of Brazilian music Bossa Nova is obviously the m- most known style of Brazilian music other than Samba but like this record actually doesn't really have any Bossa stuff it's uh, it's it's Bossa based you know everything Bossa and Samba are similar uh, but it's uh, I don't know you're right you know it's a I guess it's a dying um, I almost want to say delicacy because those times were beautiful you know the Bossa Nova times with Stan Getz Jobim and stuff so yeah Stan Getz gets the credit for bringing Bossa Nova from Rio yeah. de Janeiro to the United States yeah and uh, Sinatra you know yeah. uh, did some stuff with Jobim as well and do you really feel like the that music genre is diminishing in our culture at least American culture yeah I do actually um, I've seen it because it's still a big thing in Brazil I mean, uh, even there, you know, it's really, I think, uh, well, I can't speak for every place because, you know, I haven't been everywhere, but, uh, I feel like the more music goes towards digital, um, the newer generation isn't being educated or just, you know, doesn't know they're not aware of. Yeah, it, I agree. It's like a different element of craftsmanship. Exactly. Uh, where it's like I, woodwork, right? Exactly. Where you got a generation, actually several decades, actually you may even make the argument thousands of years of learning an instrument, playing an instrument, mastering an instrument, yeah. as opposed to now where it's digitized, where it's it's a lot easier, expedited process that in some cases can lead to mediocrity. Hmm. But once in a while you get some good ones, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I love all new music, you know. Not all, but I like some new music. I I listen to a lot of hip hop and stuff, but but you know, um, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. It's kind of like I don't know. It it it's it all boils come. How do I put this? It it all falls into place, right? Because it's it's tradition, it's culture, it's it's everything, and it's not just music, but it's like you think about the way your parents or your great-grandparents were raised and like what they went through with music or their culture and stuff and then either they migrate here or somewhere else or you know they move to a different city even if they stay in the same place you 
you know, we evolve as humans, but some of us, some people, we start forgetting about these awesome, you know, decades of, of music and history, you know, art, whatever it is. And I feel like it's important to not ever forget those times, you know, um, because it's it's what makes the future, you know, it's it's evolution. And, and I don't know, I guess a part of me wants to join the digital world and I'm going to be working on some stuff. But it, I don't know, it's like we can't forget this, the beginning of things, you know. Uh-huh. It's, uh, now... Uh, do you feel that that's what bossa nova music or see I, i'm kind of stereotyping it all as bossa nova because i'm a bit ignorant in, in that music genre. I, i'm sure there's like different platitudes and and different um i guess you can say categories that this uh latin jazz could be put into but like i said it, it's not common around here and it's fascinating that you took upon it you know in in some ways it looks like you are honoring your um ancestors in your families because you you came from brazil from yeah. a young age yeah brazilian uh what city uh rio here janeiro and that's where it started yeah right? that's that's definitely the birth uh, birthplace of bossa you know beach kids just uh yeah, different get- era romance was in the air you know love i mean even love songs now it seems like our generation i'm a little older than you but like even my you know my generation's got to see some pretty cool stuff but like even love is like a the delicacy of love, you know. It's like it's almost like we've become too smart. You know? Yeah, I agree with you with that. Sometimes it's good to be a little innocent. Yeah, I'll say. yeah. I, I I agree in the sense that we are almost too much intellectualizing uh, our emotions. Yeah, where it's no longer magic. It's like oh, it's just a couple chemicals and this and that. Well, it's well, like it's not it's not just the chemistry behind it. It's more about like the actions you do because of it exactly and that's where the magic comes from and the feeling you get from it you know I mean? yeah like the other day I, 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 I was crying because I was listening to this story on on the radio in the car about this woman who was dating a like via like long distance someone from the other side of the world and one day he breaks up with her you know through the chat mm. after like a year being together and she makes an impulsive decision to just get a one way ticket to where he's at and flew over there only uh-huh. to be rejected in person, but yeah, you know. But look at that, like. That sounds like a movie. You know? Yeah, pretty much. And I fucking cried, man, because yeah. I'm like, that's what love does to you. Yeah. And well. and she was telling her story, and she says she does not regret it because if she did not make that, she would have had a lot of you know open questions. Okay. Closure. Closure, even if it takes a drastic measure. You know, but I I feel you need those drastic measures in life too. You know, you need the lows to appreciate the highs. Yeah. And I cried because, like, I was in that position, right? I was in that position where I was, like, doing rash, impulsive decisions to save something that at the end of it was not going to be anything. Yeah. But I don't regret it. Because you have that that little hope in your heart. and <laughs> You can't regret things, man. You know? yeah. But anyway, go back to, to your upbringing in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, how, at what age did you move over here? I was 12 years old when I moved here. But we lived in Portugal for a while. And then we went back to Brazil. And then we came here. Okay. So uh, my family. What's the story behind that? Um, so my dad my dad migrated to Brazil from Angola, from Africa in the 70s. Because there was a war there. There used to be a Portuguese colony. And then uh, Angola took their land back. Backed by the British and South Africa and other countries. Because, anyways... 
because uh, of politics. But yeah, um, Brazil was becoming really dangerous at the time. My dad was a butcher. He would open up butcher shops in Rio, and he was getting like robbed almost you know once a week. Was this in the favelas? No. Uh, well, there's slums everywhere in Rio, right? Favelas are are everywhere. Um, but no, it was just like. In the suburbs of Rio, uh, Abolição is one of the neighborhoods. And then uh, he had a place in Vila Isabel, which is like, it's a pretty nice neighborhood. There's a slum there called uh, Morro dos Macacos. It's a really big slum, but it's, you know, it was a dictatorship at the time. Uh, the dicta- uh, dictatorship was about to fall. Uh, it was just, there was a lot of stuff going on. So, what, what year or what decade was this? Uh, this is in the 80s. Okay, so, so it's pretty recent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So the the dictatorship supposedly, you know, on paper came to an end in like '84, but in reality, like it still kept going until you know maybe later '80s. And Brazil's been fighting for a democracy ever since, and then they had one, and then the president gets impeached, you know, because of the corruption. But, um, you know, it's so weird because. Like Brazil right now, I know I'm getting a little sidetracked, but I'm That's just fine with to tell you a story. Um, yeah, really quick. Like Brazil right now is like back to where it was ten years ago, if not worse, as far as poverty and crime and there's so much potential there. You know, it pains me. Like I put out a uh, an ad on Facebook because I need help. I'm doing a project in San Francisco, and uh, we need we need some. Um, some I don't want to say manpower because I sound sexist, but we need some power, you know. We need uh, hands-on, some people to help us out with the project. So I put out the ad, and then uh, my friend, she sends me a message. She's like, hey, uh, I have a friend that just moved here from Brazil two months ago. He's got a kid, a wife. He really needs work right now. So I gave him a call, you know, and I, I you know, he met me at my house, and we went up yesterday, and we worked. You know, and I gave him some money, and he's just—he's happy to be here. He's living in a studio with his wife and his kid, or he's about to get a studio. He's actually at a friend's house right now in a room, and it's like—it's gotten so bad that like you know, people—people people are migrating here. And I mean, this is so expensive here. You know what I mean? But like, they're—they're they're here, and just because of the corruption there. You know, yeah. and before the cup, before you know, before the World Cup, as they were preparing for it, the politicians, Brazil was looking up. It was promising. It was one of the fastest growing economies, and you know, part of BRICS. And yeah, now it's you know, it's back to the beginning. And I, I just, I don't really want to get into politics, and I don't want to talk about you know, but I just wish that like there was equality for everyone because a, a country so rich in agriculture and and you know so many so many resources natural resources yeah should not have people going through the kind of poverty that they go through so to make a long story short though that's that's why we decided to get out of there you know so your father's a butcher was having a hard time yeah there's a couple of stories i can tell you about him getting robbed like and how, how old were you uh, I was during like, this time, I was a baby, like two years old, three years old, you know. And so you like, and you recall these these incidents? No, I just you know, they grow up. I'm brought up with them telling me these stories. I can't remember that stuff at two, but why did we leave? You know, well, this is what was going on, you know, at two years old, and then 
I don't know. Brazil is just, it's a beautiful place, but it's. Is that where you, I'm assuming that's where you first started learning how to play music? No, I actually learned how to play music here because I moved here, you know, like early teens. And then I I heard Nirvana for the first time, (laughs) right? And I fell in love with with Nirvana, man. Like, you know, if it wasn't for Kurt Cobain, I would have never picked up a guitar. You know, probably not, you know. So that's that's why I started playing music. And then I got, you know, I got a little bored with rock and roll for, you know, because I was just playing it too much. And then I I just kind of started geeking out and going to the library and getting videos on Brazilian music because you'd hear it at home. But, you know, at that time, like, you don't have Internet like you have it now, you know. So you'd have to go to the library, look up some books on Brazilian culture, ask my mom. And my mom introduced me to a lot of stuff like uh, music during the dictatorship. So more protest music where artists would get kicked out of Brazil. For playing certain music? Yeah, for standing up for the people. And I was like, wow, like this is a part of our culture. Music is like really a big part of our culture you know and um bossa didn't really do that you know but like samba and mpb which is music musica popular brasileira it's like popular brazilian music so that's what really got me into it plus you know portuguese is my first language so it's a lot easier to write <laughs> that language and you moved here at 12 to san jose i'm assuming first yeah, san jose. and uh how, how was that experience for you coming from a latin american country to a European country, then you end up in San Jose. It was hard, man. You know, uh, it's hard learning the language, getting used to the food, you know, um, different culture. I couldn't imagine that you like, what is this? Is this food? Yeah, the first time I ate McDonald's, I actually puked. Man. Oh, like, did you? Like, this isn't food, man. <laughs> you adjust, right? And your father was a butcher here as well? No, my father never came here. He's actually still in Portugal. So you moved with your mother? Yeah, my parents got divorced when I was five. Um, Any so siblings? Not from those that marriage. I'm the only one from that marriage. Uh, my father's shoot on his third divorce, and uh, he's got... I have a little brother and sister from him. I actually just got to hang out with my little brother uh, last year when I was in Europe playing some music. Really cool kid, and then I have a sister here who's 19 and uh, she lives with me and I help her help her out she's going to school San Jose State so oh where's she studying she's a good, good, good kid uh, she wants a major in English so All right. English major first generation here she's the first one born here so you know it's out of pressure huh yeah you know she doesn't feel like it yeah. uh, but that's good then that's good yeah. I felt it I was like oh god <laughs> I, I better not let my family down right but that's awesome that you're you're continuing with education, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So. so you were here, and, and pretty much, it doesn't seem, you came from a, a musical family necessarily. It looks like you came from a from mostly blue-collar family. Yeah, working class. Well, my mom's the youngest out of, uh, it was originally 10, right? So all my uncles, like, they were all, they had a band back then growing up. One of my uncles doing like uh, gospel music now but he's still dropping records out there in Brazil yeah so, yeah it's cool Matthew um, Jaza as well he plays guitar so you know there are, it's it's a musical uh, family you know my mom sings really good I wish I can get her on a CD one of, next one one of these days you know yeah 
And it seems like she's the one who really introduced you to like, yeah, older Brazilian music, and you you fell in love with it. I did. Sunday it was you know we Sundays we'd clean the house and listen to music. You know she would listen to her music. We'd take turns. You know, and then uh, I was like in high school, and I remember we drove. I started asking her about Brazilian music. You know, because I was just getting curious. And we drove to uh, at the time it was Blockbuster Music, where they sell CDs and stuff. And we bought a Bob Marley CD, Bob Marley and the Whalers, and then we got a, it was a Brazilian-French compilation called uh, Planet Brazil. And there was, like, just all the hits from, like, you know, the 60s and 70s, but, like, uh, it was an amazing comp. I wish I, I still had it. And we, you know, from that, it just, I just started geeking out and just going crazy and just doing research and getting a bunch of Brazilian music. Were you in any bands through high school? Yeah, a lot of rock bands. A lot of rock bands. It was an anathema. And and you tried to introduce uh, some bossa nova, but they were like, nah, we're good. Let's stick with our with a little high school rock. Yeah, at that time, uh, it was a lot of metal was in, you know. Uh, no, because I didn't know how to play it, you know. So I I was just listening to it. I was preparing myself, I think, mentally or physically, whatever, to learn the music. Um, then at 19 like I moved out on my own I just wanted to have my own little spot and that's when I started just really hitting the Brazilian music hard just trying to play it and eventually I I guess I it's my version of it you know what I mean but it's yeah. and what line of work was your mother doing while you were being raised here she's done a lot of stuff um, a lot of electronic stuff like worked in electronics and then she's done some janitorial work you know immigrant you know working yeah. class you know, work, and then I worked in construction to try to help out. My first job, was I was a janitor, too, so, for Thomas Kincaid. Yeah. At his factory, yeah. So, you know, it was just... I find that stuff amazing, because I feel when you're in that environment of work, you, it really drives you more to work on your creative side. Like, yeah. I remember when I was a dishwasher at Gordon Biersch. That was probably one of the best times I got most of my writings done. Huh. Like, I think I was most productive when I was in that, in that you know, spot of, like, a dirty kitchen, just washing plates all day, all night, getting home. Like, I got to write out some stories. Nice. I can actually visualize that. That yeah. should be in a movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like that's something you, you've gone through. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean and it's, it's not uncommon. I mean, like, uh, me, because I'm a big blues guy, but I'm pretty sure it's common in Brazil where a lot of musicians are working in yeah, working, working class. class. Yeah, you know, um funny my old percussionist used to tell me that because i used to work you know about a year and a half ago two years i was doing uh general contracting again uh and he was like we had a gig it was an early day gig so i worked in the morning you know putting up drywall or whatever and then he's like man he's like you're like noel haza which is like a famous samba player and i guess he used to work in construction during the day and then play samba and party all night and then make it to work, you know. And so yeah, it's you know, it's music is a privilege, you know. And for for a, a lot of musicians, like it's a it's a release, you know. It's it's not just you don't play because you want to be famous or you know what I mean. Like it, it's it's so crazy how it music is looked at here, especially in the pop genre, you know. It's just like. It's insane. I was looking at how much money like uh, 
Taylor Swift made last year or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude. Nobody should get that much no, money. No, because, you know, we're just normal people, like, just expressing ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she, anyways. So that's, that's interesting. So you started playing in high school, but at what point did you really want to make music your your career endeavor? Was it like so a point? That was, was my it, whole life. So from a young age, you're like, I want to play music as a career. Yeah, even not knowing it. Like, I've always just had a connection to music, you know. Um, and when I, I don't know if it's, some people, you know, a lot of people compliment me for my, my guitar and stuff, It's which I'm, you know, I'm flattered and I'm, I'm humbled by it. I thank everyone. But they're like, wow, you're so talented and stuff. And I'm just like, maybe it's just hard work. You know, I don't know if I'm, I mean, I, think I'm decent I'm a decent guitar player I still have a lot to learn you know like you're I'm forever going to be a student of life so music is one of those classes that I'm taking you know for for even if it's for myself you know like mm -hmm. a, but I don't know like when I first started playing guitar instead of learning songs I just started writing my own songs and all my friends were trying to learn like Nirvana songs, or I learned them as well, but I had a, I had, it's weird. No, I agree. I think the notion you're trying to go for is you were finding your own voice. Yeah. Because I, I know like that's something I'm dealing with currently. It's like I get it. I'm learning some covers, but what can I play that's really me? Yeah. And sometimes uh, I'm not sure if you've gone through this, where you just look at others around you, you're like, at least I'm disappointed in myself. Like I, I can't sound like that because that's just not me. And by pursuing to be on that level, I'm just not getting anything from it. Because at the end of the day, I'm just going to sound like him or her. I think that's a great thing. You know, um, I think we need more of that. Because if you look at the music industry right now, it's just recycled. I don't want to say garbage, but there's a lot of just recycled marketing schemes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to, or, you know, everyone's trying to sound like somebody or everyone just just be you express yourself you know and if by all means if expressing yourself is by you know playing somebody else's music then that's fine you know like that's do whatever makes you happy but i really miss the creativity in music and i feel like if you can just be yourself like hey like what you just said you know that's a powerful thing and it can touch a lot more people so know? how long do you think uh, you felt it took you to develop your voice Musically, I still don't think I've developed my voice. <laughs> really, you still think you're a work in progress? <laughs> Definitely, especially. I mean, I, I smoke and I drink whiskey, and that doesn't help, you know. But really, smoking is bad. Smoking is really bad for singing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. That was, that was such a <laughs> what kind of question was that? I meant like because to I don't know like like there's some musicians where smoking is part of the song, you know. Like uh, I, I recall some Tom Waits stuff. That gravelly voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look how he sounds, though. <laughs> <laughs> but he does have his own kind of voice, you would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I, no, Tom Waits is awesome, man, like, all the way around. I actually got to record this record and use one of his mics. What What uh, do you mean, one of his mics? I recorded at a, at his old studio where he, like, he went platinum, one of his records there, at Prairie Sun Recording Studios in uh, Katati. Wait, get out of here. Wait, wait. Yeah, man. Where and when and why? Uh, you know, How? I was looking for a studio uh, for my next, well, you know, when my record was about to get into production. And then uh, I got an email from a friend of mine who was like, hey, check out this place. 
it's uh, 13, 13 acres up there. And I'm like, I was going through a really tough time at that time. I had a, some friends pass away. Uh, my ex and I broke up. Like, it was just, it was really bad energy, you know. So I got up there, you know, not knowing anything. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. It's peaceful. It's old school. One, of, I think it's the oldest studio in Northern California. Where is it at? Uh, Katati, which is in Sonoma County. Oh, so it's in North Bay. Yeah. Got way up north. Way up north. Yeah. So I get in there, you know, spend the weekend there just to kind of get a vibe for the studio. And I was like, okay, I can find peace of mind here to record this record. We set up production. And he's like, by the way, I'll show you the picture. He's like, by the way, uh, this is a Tom Waits used this mic. You know, I was like, excuse me? Okay. I feel really privileged. And it's an amazing sounding mic. Oh, man, it's awesome. $25,000 mic or something. Yeah. Oh, just be careful because the cell phone. Uh, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. But just wanted to show you this. Let's see. Let's take a look. For the listeners out there, he is looking through his pictures on his phone, and wow, that's a real nice mic. Yeah, it's that's a, like a. It's like German. Yeah. Dude, I forgot the name. Germans do so much good. Great engineering. Yeah, they're man. they got a. So, I don't know about their electrical, <laughs> especially on Volkswagens. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. Oh, that's amazing, man. And and, yeah. and did you feel like that inspired you more, or was that a bit more intimidating to be like, oh, I'm singing to uh, Tom Waits' microphone? Yeah, it was actually intimidating a little bit. Yeah. It's like, wow, those are some big shoes, you know, to fill. Right. Completely different styles of music, though, so it, was, it all worked out. And uh, so you're because since we're on that subject. Uh, you were recording Emigrante at the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not your first studio album, is it? No, but it's the first one in a, in a long time. And well, tell, tell me about your your first couple times at at recording your music and making uh, those albums. So this is back in the day. So you'd record this on like on an eight or twelve track analog cassette or CD. Was this like in the nineties? For 2000s? Late, early 2000s. Early, early 2000s. <clears throat> Super early. I'd go up to uh, Roseville. I had a buddy of mine, uh, Jose. Uh, he used to play bass for an old band that I used to play in at Cactus Club. Right. Well, you played at the Cactus I played Club? played Cactus Club. Yeah, Dude, that's... Many times. That, it, here in San Jose, that, that is a very honorable thing. It, yeah, it's definitely a great privilege to have played there. Opened up for like Papa Roach, uh, Alien Out Farm. Wait, hold on. Dredge. I feel like we just missed a whole part of your life here. So in the nine or in the two thousands, you late nineties, late nineties, you were already a well recognized musician enough no. to open up for these big bands. No, we 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 were. I, I just sang. I didn't even play guitar for this band. But um, and then I I played bass for a couple of bands there and um, help. You know, just people would call me because I was just that that one kid who played instruments. But uh, yeah. yeah, like how was that opening up for like? Bands at, at was, the Cactus Club. It was awesome. I was kind of a crazy teenager, you know, 16 years old. You know, I thought I was about that street life, so I would be drinking. You know, I remember one time uh, I brought, like, a bottle of Alizé and started drinking it after a show or something, and the security guards almost killed me there because they were like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? You're 16 years old. You're not even supposed to be drinking in here, and then you bring in your own bottle. <laughs> <laughs> And luckily, my buddy Ben was a security guard there because they were going to demolish me. Man, yeah. That, that would have been the end. Yeah, no more Kadu. That would happen. But 
Yeah, Cactus was cool. I miss that place a lot. Um, dude, I don't know. So a lot of people just know me for Brazilian music, right? But I've, you know, I've I've been in San Jose for, you know, majority of my life. So. And and not only that, but you were like right fucking in it. You were part of the machine at the time. Yeah, when when it was a lot of grit and. It was a special time, you know. There's a lot of good music there, and uh, you know, rock and roll. And I'll, when I say rock and roll, I'm, I mean that's the father of metal, punk, everything, you know. So, yeah, there's there was a lot of good music. This, you know, the scene was strong, and the rap rock stuff was starting to hit, you know. But yeah, good times. I wish I well, I don't know. It would have been cool to be be a little older. Because I, I feel like I would have appreciated it more at that time. You know, sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. Right. And then Cactus went away, and San Jose was just like a ghost town for music, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Trieste opened up. This was before it was called Friscati. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was doing a rooftop party uh, upstairs. At the, uh, oh the apartments there. The St. Clair apartments? Yeah. Yeah. And Roger was like, hey, I'd really like you, like for you to, you know, play at my cafe sometime. I was like, well, you might want to talk to my manager, you know. And he was like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, really getting back into Brazilian music. So anyways, so yeah. So I recorded a couple of four tracks from uh, a couple of, uh, it was chapter one and chapter two. It was like really dark, emo stuff. Uh, emotional you know just acoustic uh, steel string I wish I, I I still have those like a lot of my old friends really like those songs you know yeah so yeah and, and was this Brazilian music or no no this is in English this is English this is music like, this is angry breakup music you know yeah. what I mean kind of punkish definitely punk vibe, vibe attitude you know uh, yeah. my English was like still horrible at the time so yeah, there's a yeah some decent stuff. Then I started this band called Eastside Trio, and that was a that was a blast. And we're only a band for six months, but we're starting to you know get a little buzz, and then that that didn't go anywhere. It's hard, man. Bands, it's hard. It's a relationship, you know. It's a yeah. it's a committed relationship. And it's hard enough being in a relationship with one per- one other person. You're dealing with like four to five other people. Yeah, and personalities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, uh, you know, when you have bands that have been together so long, it's like, it's amazing. You know, the Stones. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you know, the Stones have a have a bit of history of, like, good times and bad times. I think that really strength, strengthens the bonds of those bandmates. Definitely. You know? All the drugs they did and touring the world. Must be amazing, you know, yeah. to be able to share that with four or five human beings that only you guys know how special that is you know but in your case you found it easier to go solo yeah well yes and no um i'm you know i'm i'm very to myself like uh and i, I think that's a bad thing you know uh, at times but uh yeah so for me to have just my guitar and myself it's pretty my thoughts makes sense but uh, yeah I wish you know at some point I could have a band and just tour the world but you gotta find those right people you know it's, it's kind of like relationships like the next relationship I get in I wanna meet somebody that's like myself like I don't wanna change people 
I don't want people to try to change me. You know, you just, you got to be you. And not everyone's going to completely understand or appreciate one person for who they are, but somebody else will, you know? So that's why I'm. What's an an ideal candidate you look for in a bandmate? Somebody who's uh, multi-talented, like uh, doesn't, doesn't hold he or herself back from, uh, from instruments or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, doesn't feel, um, limited to limited. Yeah. Right word. Doesn't feel limited to, to what they can do. Easy to travel, you know, and just like a person who appreciates life, you know, easy personality. And you have to connect musically because that's that's where it all molds, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> now I gotta ask uh, yeah. because I'm, the more learning about you, the more I'm realizing something. Because uh, you were a prominent musician back in the day in the ni- late '90s through the 2000s. You again, you you without a doubt, a lot of people know about you and your music, and, and in a very positive way. Uh, a common trend uh, to a lot of these kind of musicians is they tend to uh, go to places that would uh, in some ways help them uh, with their career such as LA or New York or maybe even San Francisco but in your case you decided to stay local which uh, part of me is like awesome yeah and, and part of me is like well, why you're like an amazing person and yeah I'm, I'm thinking about that now Wow. Uh, I'm not gonna use By the way, I'm not pushing you to leave. I'm just saying, no, no. like, w- what kept you here for? For as long as I've been here, I yeah. don't know. To be honest, uh, I think some of it has been. Uh, this is completely has nothing to do with the music, but fear, right? And then uh, money. You know, I, I help my family here, but you know, when the time was right for me to leave, I, I didn't. I've had many opportunities to go you know, to LA, to other places, and it just didn't feel right, you know, so, um, I'm happy to be here, I've done some traveling with music, um, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, be a pop star, so, like, LA wouldn't vibe with me, because that's not, it's a different energy there, you know, um, New York, it's a crazy place, you know, so. However, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but do you feel that having that childhood of moving from a, to two, three countries plays a factor in you trying to stay within a place that you feel you, you build a foundation? Not at all. Uh, like the older I get, the more I, I just want to be traveling. You know, I'm almost there. Um, you know, I, know. I just I like to travel a lot. You know, it's just you gotta. The opportunity has to be there, you know. So, but I, I see what you're saying, and I've never analyzed that part of myself. But that could be a reason, you know. That's some notes I got to take. Do some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'll get back to you on hey, that one. <laughs> so, so, food for thought, man. Food for thought, for food sure. For thought. Uh, but uh, I, I want to get to to your um, to your new uh, album, which is uh, what, what is like your second or third album full-length album uh, I'd say it's my second one it's your right? second one. I put out one called Kalioka uh, yeah. I put out a couple of EPs there wasn't major distribution or anything this one here is like as legit as it comes you know it's on 
every you know news uh, music mm-hmm. network you can think of so and I think you touched upon this already but how different is this album from the previous works you've done hmm. I think this is my most mature work to date you know um, and it took me over a year to release this because I I wasn't really happy with <clears throat> excuse me the production at first uh, it's grown on me I've grown to really enjoy this record myself um, so yeah it's just it's different because it's I've always been an artist that just ex- I, I express myself how I feel whether I'm playing music or not and that could be a good or bad thing but for this one it's uh, it's maturity not every song is a love song there's some songs about you know na- mother nature's perspective on climate change actually uh, you start off with an instrumental yeah Christina that song yeah. uh, so that song I wrote that song when um, one of my best friend's mom passed away Sorry, in, a, yeah. uh, in a car accident and I, I, I don't know I just wrote it I wrote it for her so that's why that her name was Christina, so that's why I named it that. And uh, I just kind of wanted to feel like this record took you on a chat on a, on a little trip, you know, on a chapter. But hopefully, we'll let the people decide, you know, how they feel about it. Yeah, I mean, these songs are so diverse because you got again, you have an instrumental, you got in Portuguese, you got some in English. Yeah. So I, I think it has a great. Uh, I feel. Um, narrative to it if such a thing existed I, I say because I'm a writer I have to put everything to narratives but I do feel like your album has a narrative like that and in a lot of ways it's like um, pretty much were these songs that you had already in a while or these relatively new songs that you developed um, some of them <clears throat> some of them I had had for about you know six months to a year uh, the couple of those are just really fresh, really new. Uh, like the last song on the record, I had just written that song like, you know, maybe a month or two before I tracked it. I actually wrote that song. I, I finished that song after Scotty outside. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that place. It's a magical place. It man. is. I miss that place. Because I, I, I've, some of my songs were written in that little porch area. Right. I, I think so many music has been written in that little porch area like outside for Scotty. There should be like a documentary about that place, you know, the, the little porch area and the whole for Scotty scene. Um, you know, we all got to get together, like even our generation, because there's always different generations of for Scottians coming through. Yeah. But we all got to get together and like have a night you know where we all just hang out and drink coffee or wine and share songs you know right and it doesn't even have to be for people but everyone's invited but like just so we yeah. can all just kind of like this yeah you know? and and then the next spot people are calling kind of magical is cafe stretch so stretch is cool it's a different ambiance for sure yeah, they got some new cats coming out of there yeah um i think they're more focused on getting back towards jazz though unless it's a wednesday because i had a hard time booking a, a gig there Really? Yeah, I mean, I figured yeah. with someone with your, you know, background. Yeah. I mean, you opened up your your album there. Yeah, I did, but I had a hard time getting this one because, you know, this record isn't jazz based, and they're trying to focus more on that. But you know, thankfully, they were nice enough to let me get a Wednesday slot, right. and it was right before Thanksgiving. Do you feel like people want to separate? I mean, I'm sure they're separate, but do they look? 
people who are jazz purists look down on Latin jazz? No. <laughs> I think jazz purists, uh, well, have to be blown away by Latin jazz rhythms. I mean, listen to that clave. There isn't, you know what I mean? Right. That's like my stomach growling. But, it's all good. You know, you listen to a clave, you listen to, to a timbao, you listen, you know, Latin jazz is is a beautiful thing. So I I think there's a great appreciation for it. Because I feel like some can spend a lifetime in jazz and oh, yeah. barely scratch the surface of Latin jazz. Exactly. But the beauty of that is that it's, that's one of those, um, there's a still a, a really strong jazz scene, especially here. You know, San Jose is really come a long way in the last couple of years musically. Like, you know, you're starting to see more venues, a lot of new artists coming out, like, or older. Like, there's just so much talent right now in the Bay Area or San Jose. And I'm that's one of the reasons I'm really glad I'm still here because I get to, like, I'm a fan of like a lot of people down here. You know, I'm actually I'm gonna go catch Israel's CD release party. After oh shit, that. me too. You know, so you know, <laughs> I guess we'll see each other later in you know, a bit. For, for sure, for sure. It's Streetlight Records. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, Israel's been on this podcast a couple of times. Yeah, he's a really cool dude, and I go way back with him. And I, um, I did not know this. What's the story between you two? Uh, so, my one of my dear friends from high school, his friend, used to be. Israel's neighbor and he was always talking about Israel and he plays guitar this and that and then we met and um, he used to be in this band with some of my old buddies and then I was in a band like you know we'd hung out a couple of times we talked about music so yeah we, you know when I saw him doing his solo thing I ran into him at a uh, Chili's and he was like hey I'm coming out with like I've been doing solo stuff and I was like that's cool man and then like uh I heard some of his stuff and I was like, "Wow, he's really good," you know, because yeah. I haven't, I hadn't heard his solo stuff. So he was, he was part of that Nirvana night. So it was really cool to catch up with him. And then like, I heard his song, his new song he put out, and I was like, "This is really good stuff." So you know, you know, we have we have another mutual friend, uh, and he's the guy who really taught me uh, guitar. And I'm not sure if you recall, but James, oh, of course, James Devera. Yeah, man, I miss James. He just had a baby, huh? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like like here in San Jose, you've got these great musical connections. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just being a downtown kid, you know, and just hanging out there and getting to meet all these awesome people. I mean, that's how I met you, you know. Yeah. So it's it's cool, man. It's it. What's cool about this right now? I feel like everybody's coming together because San Jose is very clicky, you know. It can be, especially with the music thing, you know. And, yeah. That's why I've always just been to myself, man. Like, you don't see me hanging out with certain artists. I'll hang out with everyone. I don't have, you know. And it's uh, it's good to see people are starting to come together, you know, and break out of that. You know, we don't, we shouldn't be divas or, you know what I mean, think that you're better than anyone or because you've done this or done that. Dude, we're all the same. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to go anywhere if your friend here is not going to support you. You know what I mean? So that's just... Let's keep pushing each other to yeah. become better musicians. And I feel you're right. I think currently in San Jose, there is a reemergence of, of music. Uh, you mentioned the jazz scene. Like, I, I think the San Jose Jazz Festival is, is now a big deal. Like it's, yeah. I remember the days when it was free. Not anymore. Yeah. But that's a good sign, relatively. Um, mm. For the most part, I think. I, I still try to find ways to sneak in. But other than mm-hmm. that... <laughs> but, like, uh, but also, you, 
there's a little indie rock scene happening. You got people like Israel happening. There's amazing rock going on. You got Sakura too. She's oh, amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's there's so much stuff going on, and it's like we just need to start categorizing, in my opinion. Like, doesn't matter if you play hip hop or if you play rock or if you play jazz. Like, we're just we're San Jose musicians. We're here. Do you feel that's a problem, San Jose? Do you feel like two people are sticking to their genre of of people to hang, musicians to hang out with, and not really? I'm starting to see networking? that not happen anymore. You know, was that a thing in the '90s or in the 2000s? Oh yeah, very quickly, you know. Um, and then the music scene just died here, you know. After that, so after, but now it's like, you know, we got amazing venues coming up, like the Forger. That that place is just amazing, mm-hmm. and. We got Stritch. We got still have Friscotti, you know. And Friscotti is the OG place of like the reemergence. The, yeah, I, I, you know? I totally, yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know, so I I love that place. You know, that's still my home. You know, but it's good to see San Jose growing. I just hope that we can start getting more of these techs, techie guys, or people that moved in, move are migrating here to like start checking out local art. You know, and and putting that on the map, sharing that on their Instagram, on their on their Facebooks, on their Twitter, because there's already a scene here, and I feel like we're one of the best scenes in the nation. I've been to a couple of spots here, like, and you know, in the United States, I've seen a couple of music scenes. Like, there's a lot of potential here. You know, let's just keep working at it. What kind of places have you traveled to to, uh, to play most, music? Most recent was Denver. Downtown oh. Denver is amazing. Yeah. I was out in yeah, man. It's, community there you know I saw a lot of community and, and that's something that would, that's very important you know maybe it's because everyone was high <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but it was really <laughs> that could play a factor <laughs> you know yeah. but it was awesome times there uh, Virginia uh, DC uh, I was in South Carolina uh, this was like two years ago um, the rest was like Europe, but you know, up and down the coast here. And you mentioned recently you visited Brazil. I was in Europe last year. I haven't oh. been home in a minute. I'm, I'm gonna try to go in June. Okay. That's uh, when we're Where in Europe. Up. Where are you at? I was in Portugal. Playing music over there. Yeah, I was there for a month playing some music. Do you feel like you were welcome there? Like, who's this Amer? This you know, by now, I think they would interpret you as the an gringo. Amer- American. It was awesome, man. Um, it was a lot of love, you know. Some some places had twenty people at my shows. Some places had three hundred people, you know. So it was a blessing, and um, yeah, it was very welcoming. It's actually like got me tempted to spend six months to a year out there just working on music. It's you're close to everywhere else. I can go to London. I can go to France. I can go to Italy, mm-hmm. and those are places that still appreciate, you know, the Brazilian craft. So. So can you walk me through how Kadu works out a song? Where do you start from? It depends. It's a great question. Um, I don't have a specific... Do you feel like you're, you're just noodling in the guitar until something clicks? Yeah. Or, or do you feel like it just comes in your mind somehow? Sometimes. Sometimes you have those moments where like you pick up a guitar and you're jamming for about 10 minutes and you're like, well, I really like this. And this can really go here. And then you start doing this. And then your melody just comes. 
and then you create like a magical moment for yourself of just giving birth to a song and then you you know uh, those are moments that I haven't had in a while but it's like I love those moments you know um, other times sometimes I'm just driving because I drive a lot with work you know and I'll just think of a melody you know lyrics or something and then I'll put it to some of my guitar t- riffs that I have but yeah I mean so I haven't really been writing because I wanted to push this record you know but I'm already going to start working on the new project I got a couple of things I'm working on for the new year and uh, I got a lot to write about you know especially uh, after 2015 so I can't wait to just like sit down and just let all this out you know but that's how the you know it's it, it has to come naturally that's how I start my writing process you know if 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 I'm forcing a riff, it, it's not, it's not organic, you know, and I'm not gonna put that out there. Hmm. You know? And going back to your album, what do you, would you like people to get most out of it? Hmm. I would say uh, joy, a connection to it, being able to relate to some of the stuff, even though it's. Uh, a lot of the stuff is in Portuguese. I mean, I feel like music itself is a universal language, right? So I just, I just hope people can connect to it, can relate, you know, can can just click with the record, you know, or just get educated on some Brazilian rhythms, <laughs> you know. No, no, they're pretty complex. Yeah. Actually, some... let me ask you that, man. I, like going from rock music, which you know, I, I think it's great. I think the great thing about rock, rock and roll. And, and sometimes even the blues is that it really for me it really is for the average person to pick up easily like you don't have to be the best musician out there but you could you almost anybody if they work hard enough they can get the rock down yeah. the riffs and such but then play things like jazz I, I feel and things like Bossa Nova takes another layer uh, mm. or another level yeah. of craftsmanship as we mentioned before so how was that process like for you? It was hard. <laughs> yeah. Watching videos. I remember like the first time I tried to finger pick and you know the 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 samba bossa nova rhythm it's like your 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 thumb is doing the bass and the bass for samba it's like doom 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 it's like a heartbeat, right? And then your other finger is going like that 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 and then so it's like I, I thought I was never going to be able to get it you know and I would get irritated and just be like oh forget this but then you just you just got to have fun with it playing guitar you know there are times where you're like ah oh, this chord I'm never going to get this but you know it's muscle memory and you just keep practicing and you know it's you just can't stop don't stop yourself you know blues yeah you know, it's it's not it it is, like you said, like for everyone, anyone. But it's also there's there's a few that when they pick that up, pick up a guitar and strum a simple like A minor, you know, and just start a blues song or you know or scale, and you're like, wow, you know. So it's it. Sometimes it's not. Uh, how hard it is the complexity of the song or, or or your musicianship or but it's the feeling behind it you know what i mean 
there's a lot of cats out there that just shred too you know and, and like I, I don't know I've, sometimes I feel like there's no soul in that you know it's just it's a lot of just showing off mm-hmm. as opposed to where the blues now you know when the guy's playing the blues and that's that's his heart talking that's his soul talking yeah. you know so dude. I mean I got chills just thinking about that you know like Stevie Whoa. Ray Vaughan was one of oh, them dude in the blues if you have no soul you ain't got no blues exactly so all you got is a song but other than that it's like for me the blues ideally I would like to be a blues musician like primarily but I have a long way to get there but like uh, I have a special connection to the blues like I think the blues was the first music that really made me cry just by listening to it it's honest music you know? yeah and in some ways uh, I get that and, and, and for that's for me though but for you it seems it, it was definitely would you say this music that you play is, is the biggest connection you have no I, I think I have a connection with a lot of music blues is one of them uh, even like a lot of hip hop believe it or not like you know I've always just felt a connection to hip hop like the, the word play with certain certain artists you know and you know just like the ability to just express yourself with no fucks given excuse my language I don't know no dude you can say fuck shit whatever you want (laughs) you know so I don't know it's I mean I'm not a fan of country you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. some country's good some old old country I like you know but like I want to have a connection with every every music you know and I want to be able to just express myself you know if I feel like playing a blues song and then putting it into because a guard down open heart is kind of bluesy yeah you know yeah. I really like that song thank you I think it's probably my favorite song on that record yeah thank you um no thank you for creating the song <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you man, man I'm just, you're too, you're too I'm, humble I'm happy man I'm just happy <laughs> to be alive I'm having a good time here with you man good, energy man. feels awesome so good I'm happy to hear that me. so um yeah I, you know I often say this like I've done a couple of interviews for magazines and stuff and uh, I've, I've always told them like they're like what kind of music do you want to make and I'm like, I want to write music that's timeless don't put me in a genre you know or whatever yeah. which is fine I'll take I'll take Brazilian credit you know but like timeless is, is my thing and a lot of blues it's timeless yeah you know I, I think you're on the right path Thanks. like I said your album is so diverse. Thank you. And it has uh, its own really voice to it. You know, and, I, you know, I'm not trying to kiss your ass necessarily, but I'm being honest here. It's like, Thank you. Uh, to find, for an album, to find its voice, for me, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you really got lightning in the bottle here, my frank opinion. And I'm wishing you nothing but the best for this. You know, I, I think. Thank you, man. I appreciate I, I that. I think you got something here. Thank you. And we're we're ending uh, the hour conversation. Oh, oh soon. already? Yeah, awesome. I get that a lot from from guests. Guys, like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Then before uh-huh. you know it, they're like, I got more to talk about. Right. But uh, anyway, I want to ask you uh, a, t- uh, a question before we end up, and that that is, uh, walk me through the evolution of your gear. Like, what's the first g- guitar you started with <laughs> to what you're playing now? That's a cool question, man. Okay, so my first guitar. There was this music store on uh, Alum Rock in 33rd called D'Angelo's. This mom and pop shop, you know, Luthier there. And Luthier is a dying 
art as well. Someone who makes a guitar from scratch. Excuse me. So I got a guitar. I still have it. So mom got me that guitar. So I started with it. I'm actually left-handed, so I was supposed to play left-handed. But by that time, it's a long story, you know. But it's, no, that's cool. You're left-handed. Yeah, but I play right-handed. Yeah. So the, the first guitar I got was meant for a left-handed person. And then he turned but, it. But I'm playing it as a right-handed person. See? <laughs> so we got something in common there. There we go. <laughs> um, We're the inverses of each other. Yeah. All right. What, what kind of guitar was you're, it? You're my right-hand man. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of guitar was it? It was just uh, made by D'Angelo. Just D'Angelo? like some no name. It's actually a nice guitar. I still have it. It needs some work. And then my mom got me a Fender Squire. That blew my mind for a second. You you have a guitar that was built and made here in San Jose. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That is pretty awesome, actually. And they're um, out of business, you said? Yeah, they closed shortly after, unfortunately. I don't know what happened if, like, the father passed away or something. Oh, man. But um, this was, my God, 90, I don't know, early 90s, mid-90s, mid-90s, yeah. like 97, no, 96. Long did, time ago, dude. Did you start with uh, nylon strings or, or no, steel? steel? steel, steel, steel yeah. string. I used to hate nylon strings. Really? Like, this is so generic. Yeah. You know, because I just wanted to play rock and roll. I wanted to be Kurt Cobain, you know? Right. I remember I bleached my hair with sun. And you you, you got to put some punishment to your fingers there with the, oh, the yeah. steel. A lot of calluses. Yeah. So from that to a Squire, and then a Fender a Strat Squire, and then I got a Mexican Strat. I bought it off some kid at school for like 50 bucks and I I don't know what happened to that thing I lost it somehow now what's the difference between a Mexican squire and the so there's a they go by I guess the quality of craftsmanship yeah so it starts with the the cheapest ones are usually you know China Korea I don't know if it's the wood or electronics or what but Americans normally the most expensive usually and then uh, the second best are usually the ones that are made in Baja. They're actually made in... in is it, it's Baja. And, mm-hmm. right? the, the peninsula? Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're not cheap, you know. And they're, the only difference there is... I don't even know what the difference is. I was just talking to my friend about this, and he schooled me on it, but I can't remember. He's like, yeah. it's the same shit, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's a Mexican sky. There's yeah. a difference. It's from a different they're, country. They're actually expensive. Yeah. Like the Mexican strats... Because yeah. I know there's some prominent Mexican acoustic guitars. I play one of those. That are expensive and are great wood, has great sound to them. Paracho Mexico makes some of the best yeah. guitars in the world. I have uh, Carlos Pina. He's retired. And uh, I don't I stumbled upon this guitar like 10 years ago. How did um, you stumble into it? It was at this music store. And I was like looking for a flamenco guitar. You know, and everyone's like, go Spanish, whatever. And then I play this piña, and I was like, sold, you know. So that guitar is amazing. Um, the hole on it, the outside of the hole, it's, you know, there's usually a design. There's an Aztec calendar on it. That's just dope. Just starters, you know, yeah. and then it just it just sounds just amazing. It's opened up, you know, because I've had it for a long time. So, But I got my, this here is my workhorse. Yeah. I you do use a Chet Atkins a lot, a CEC. Chet Atkins, not familiar with that brand. Oh, Gibson made it. Okay, but it's uh, the artist. His name was Chet Atkins. He was sponsored by Gibson, and uh, that was the first solid body nylon string. Hmm. That thing weighs. It's a Gibson, so it weighs like freaking thirty pounds. You know, after you play a gig on that, with that, sh- your shoulders are done. 
but the tone on it is so sweet that you know yeah you just gotta gotta ride it out <laughs> so yeah and your what's your work for, your workhorse right now so I said Rantes I actually just put a pickup on her um, they're called DR bags mm. it's almost $300 pickup because I just got tired of miking it and especially if I'm going to be doing some traveling with music yeah I'm just going to plug you, it in you just installed it inside yeah I drilled a hole with my buddy yeah it hurt to, to do that yeah. I've had this guitar for that's a scary thing man yeah oh god just thinking about it I'm like oh fuck it's definitely <laughs> a scary thing but I mean I've I've worked with wood and stuff so yeah you know but yeah, it's, you don't want to mess up <laughs> it's like surgery man right so, so yeah do, do you name your guitars somebody just asked me that like last week really yeah I, I guess did, I guess you, did you answer it to them I think I think the girl named it yeah but I've been asked that question a lot actually I haven't you know I guess I should I just call them my six stream companions you know yeah it's, hey maybe um, maybe you don't have to name them not yet I'm thinking right. of one because the name's got to be forever you know so you can't choose a name you're gonna not right. like a week later you know what I mean right. <laughs> well I, I have a habit of naming my instruments what's uh um, what's that one's there that was not mine that's my dad's actually oh, okay. so I, I didn't I don't like, like my that's you I shit I, I even named my car <laughs> that's cool though. what's your car's name Layla Layla I named it after the uh the song by uh god no why am I blinking on his name you're gonna kill me for this come on Layla dun, 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 dun. Clapton after the Eric Clapton uh okay, song okay. Nice. Layla cause the lyrics you know it's like she, she's always has me on my knees begging please work once in a while why don't you <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. and then uh, the, the guitar That's I fun. started off with is, is the one you played um, um, the Maestro by Gibson yeah um, it's a really cool guitar actually yeah. I named that Mona I and, like that name Mona and my new one I have an electric uh, actually it's a, it's a wood jazz I'll show it to you it's a wood j- hollow, bottle, j- hollow body jazz electric body. Yeah. Nice. By Ibanez. Okay. Those are nice, actually. Yeah. I've seen yeah. those, and they sound great. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, I named that one uh, Ibanesa. And I don't know. That's, that's cool, bro. <laughs> Ibanesa? Yeah. Nice. Ibanesa. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's... Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> Ibanesa. Uh, but, like, I'm, like, nowhere good enough to even be naming my shit, but I still do it. Why not? It's, it's your funny. shit. You right. do what you want, you know? <laughs> shit. Oh, man. But that's cool, man. All right, last question before uh, we go on is that if you were to, you know, give yourself some advice at a young age, what would it be? Hmm. Just in general or musically? Whatever you want. Stay in school. You feel that was a big factor? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, education, man, is really important, you know. And, and Did you drop out? No, I mean, I, I went to, you know, graduated high school, went to De Anza for a couple of years. What were you uh, studying there? Just general, general education, you know. And I was taking some music classes, actually, some, like, music business classes and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I just, I got caught up in this contractor world of just working too much. Well, I don't mind, you know, but it's like, when you when you do that, you for, you know, you forget about certain things, you know. Yeah. Like by 25, I was already burnt out, you know, and I, I had made some decent money or whatever. I wasn't playing music. I was miserable. And I feel like with education, it teaches you growth. You know, it teaches you 
to have more of an open mind. Like, I feel like a lot of part of the reason why Trump became the president, okay, is because a lot of people are uneducated, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a huge spectrum on of many reasons why Trump and Hillary, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of this, right? right? It's, but, big, it's bigger. But, but I hear you out, yeah. Just, I, I do think education is a big part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, just education, stay in school, you know, like, yeah travel as much as you can you know and i feel like you can do that with education right Mm -hmm. you can you can build your foundation to do what you want all right so yeah all right kadu it's great having you here on this podcast thank you so much i think we had a great conversation i had a good time you you okay with that Uh, i had an awesome time thank you so much we're shaking hands i think i think you're the second out of like all the guests you're the second person to have actually you're the first person to shake my hand wow uh here live or not live but recording and uh you're gonna leave us with the song right sure i'm gonna have you pick the song me pick the song yeah, whatever right. from the record or whatever because i'm i'm still a little let me grab my guitar yeah but uh shoot i got i got, I got your record right here actually now i think about it <clears throat> i'm still uh see i was li- i was listening before you, co- you were coming here um well since we we talked about this one i think it's a good one to to for the listeners to uh, get into, and let's start with the guard down, open heart. You okay with that one? Yeah, that's a hard one to sing. But I'm. Uh, that's a hard one. No, that's cool. Touch. 
my heart's an open canvas and she holds that brush the mystery of love the warmness of a Touch so Guard down, open heart Singing sweet melodies to the beat of love Embracing every stroke of her perfect touch My heart's an open canvas and she holds that brush So pain to wait